If you ache for truth, goodness, and beauty, if you're hungry for a Christianity with substance and strength, if you long for a faith that's big and bold and biblical and all about Jesus Christ, if you're inspired by the idea of one church that has spanned 20 centuries, 24 time zones, and two hemispheres, enfolding every race, nation, and language, then you're considering Catholicism. We're talking about pride today, which is one of the uh, seven deadly sins. It's the first. First one, the worst one. And if you haven't listened to the last episode where we talk about what are the seven deadly sins in the sense of where does this come from? Why are they called the deadly sins and so forth? And I encourage you to go back. So this is a series we're doing uh, and we introduced it in this last episode. And now we're going to take on the first of the capital sins. We explained in the last episode that actually the church, the medieval church, these were called the capital sins mm-hmm. because everything flowed down from them. But go ahead. The well, and so, and I, I, I love this and it's so important. Um, and it's a little bit it's serious, you know, but it's, it's good stuff. But I'm going to start with a joke to counteract the seriousness. I went looking for jokes. I thought I had a joke about humility and pride and I couldn't come up with it. And so I went looking online. So can I find a joke, you know, just lighten up the mood a little bit. And I didn't. Every, every joke I found about pride was LGBTQ. I couldn't get, oh, I couldn't get. You've ruined your browser, dude. I know. Because you went in and typed pride in the Google search bar. You're searching right. for pride stuff. You're uh, like the cookies in your internet right. are going to be, uh, you're going to get rainbow stuff suggested to you. on right. Every time you log on Amazon or on Facebook. Right. They're going to be trying to sell you like a, a rainbow t-shirt or something. I've soiled my browser. Um, <laughs> Before I die, your last words, clear my browser history. Right, right, exactly. But I did find a joke that made me laugh out loud, and that don't, it doesn't happen very often. And it's a short one, so here we go. A nurse in a psychiatric ward walks in to give, to give her, uh, this woman her medication, and... The woman says, excuse me, you should really act more humble uh, in my presence. You should, you should exhibit more humility toward me. And the nurse said, why is that? And she said, because I'm the queen. And she says, oh, really? You're the queen? Yes, I am. And who told you that you're the queen? She said, well, God told me. And from down the hall comes a voice, did not. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Okay. I love that joke. It was a good joke. Pride. I'm a little worried about this one because I I think it's worse for me than I know. In in your class on the Divine Comedy, we were we were doing we were we read that in Purgatory, the proud carry these heavy rocks around that prevent them from uh, meeting other people's eyes. And I remember thinking, well, I'd probably breeze right through that level. I could probably test out, you know, <laughs> which I think is probably an indication. <laughs> That the opposite is true. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but this is the big one. This is Satan's yeah. first sin, right? This is, uh, and in my in my Protestant experience, this and other these other sins that we're talking about, these cardinal sins or uh, capital sins, are, are are they don't get talked about in Protestant? There's right. there's you know there might be a sermon on why it's wrong to murder somebody, but not about wrath. 
it hardly ever gets talked about, and it's it's not it's not it's not something that people get accused of right. very often, or at least not called out on. You know, it's not like you get called in front of the uh, elder board and say you can't be a deacon anymore because you're just too proud. Yeah, uh, nothing like that, right? But it is. I mean, there's there can be no doubt. Right. This is a kind of thing that runs really deep right. and can instigate all kinds of make all kinds of trouble in your life, you know? Well, absolutely. And as we said in the introduction to this series, in the last episode, this list, as it was formulated in the ancient church, first kind of codified by Pope Gregory the Great around the year 600, mm. so 1400 years ago, and then explicated by any number of uh, doctors of the church and theologians since. But as we're going to be doing this series, we're going to be paying special attention to how St. Thomas Aquinas framed all these. And it was intended to be sequential. And we kind of laughingly made the point in the last episode that when you go to like a wedding reception or banquet, they'll have like a champagne fountain or chocolate fountain where the one flows down and the other, that, that these are intended to be tiered in the sense that pride is at the top and flowing down from pride to number two comes envy and so on and so forth. It's feeding those other ones. Yeah, it feeds the other ones. So pride is at the top as the headwater or spring from which everything else flows down. It's the big one. It's the sin from which all other sins originate. Yep. And we can look at that in scripture because it is the sin that caused Satan and pride led to his rebellion. And then it was pride, we'll get into this in a moment, that led to Adam and Eve sinning in the garden. Mm, yeah. Okay. So the action of eating the fruit came about because the serpent promised them that if you eat the fruit, yeah. you shall be as God. Right. And right. it was that sin of pride that caused them to reach out, pluck the fruit, and eat it. Yep. And then from that, everything else flows downstream. So it's like the first domino causes the other dominoes to fall. So pride is the place that we start. Pride is the big one. And I think the first thing that we need to do is talk about just what it is and define our term. And I think, you know, this is a case where the English language doesn't have perhaps maybe all the nuances that we would like it to have because we use the word pride in multiple ways, right? Um, or proud. One of the ways we use it is not necessarily a bad thing, right? So to be pleased or to take joy from a sense of accomplishment. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So when my child does well at something uh, and I feel proud of my child for having accomplished something. Right. That is rightly taking joy in the accomplishment and achievement of my child. Sure. And that isn't necessarily bad. I mean, we're going to see in a moment that could spin bad places if you don't watch it and why you need to be aware of it. Or being proud of what one has done with one's work or, you know, one, one does a... Uh, some work and makes something and you look back, you assemble the playset for your kid or you paint a painting yeah. or you compose a song or you do whatever and you can feel proud. You can take, derive a sense of accomplishment yeah. and achievement. And that isn't necessarily a bad thing. Right. right. The pride that we're talking about here in, 
as a capital sin, it's interesting what the Latin term is. So the Latin word that Thomas Aquinas and whatnot uses is superbia. And that comes from two Latin words kind of mushed together. The one is super, so above, yep. Yep. right? And, and bia for bios or life, that I, and I sort of am above a superior life. Okay. I, I live above myself. I live above my station. I, I elevate myself sure. higher than I should, right? I reject, in a sense, the reality of who I am as a creature. Right. And you can see where that goes back to Satan or Adam and Eve. So Satan, who we're told from scripture, was the greatest of the angelic beings. Yep. Right? He was the, the, the most powerful, the most perfectly made, not perfect, but the right. most perfectly made of all of the angels. Yeah. Right? Um, in that sense, at that time, second only to God himself before the creation of Adam and Eve. Right. In terms of the order of, of beings or creatures. Right. And yet that wasn't good enough for him. Yeah. He wanted to yeah. be above that. And so he looked at God and said, I don't, I may be number two. I may be the greatest of your creatures, but that I don't want to be a creature. Right. Right. I yeah. want to, this is that Latin word that Thomas Aquinas used, superbia. I want to, or, you know, superbios. I want to be above that. Right. I don't want to be limited. I, you know, I look up at God and I want to be above my station. So then Adam and Eve, he comes in the form of the serpent to them and says, hey, look, here's, the fruit that you should not eat of. And he goes, God, remember what he says? God doesn't want you to eat that fruit because if you do, then your eyes will be opened and you will be like God himself. And he's trying to hold you down. Right. I mean, that's essentially what the serpent says to sure. Adam and Eve in Genesis 3. God is holding you down. You're capable of being something far greater than you are. You're capable of being like God himself. And of course, the irony of that in Genesis 3, of the serpent saying that to them, is that's exactly well, why he's a serpent. That's what happened right? to him. Yeah. That's what happened to him, is that he said, I could be like God himself. I right. could aspire to rise above my creatureliness and be like God himself. And that didn't work out so well for him. And now here he is down in the garden trying to poison them to get them to make the same mistake he did. Yep. Right? Try to rise above your creatureliness, creatureliness, you right. may be made in the image of God, but God is holding you down. You could be more than just in the image of him. You could be him himself or like right. him himself as powerful as him. All you got to do is eat the apple or the fruit. Right. And in rash hour, they reached, they plucked, they ate. That's a yep. line from Milton's Paradise Lost. And, and the universe and, and the creation groaned knowing that all was lost. Yeah. Uh, because at that moment, that superbia, that, that desire to rise above what you have been created to be, mm -hmm. that desire or that rebellion against accepting your creatureliness. It's not a very popular thing to say right now that you need to know your place and your station in life. Well, yeah. yeah, I mean, right? I mean, that is it. I am a human being. I, I am a human being and I, and I, to, to the notion that I should be unlimited or that I should be unbound by my humanity, that in some way that I can, um, you can break out of it. You can rise above it. You can, you can be something more 
like I, that. Yeah, I reject the limits that, right. uh, of it. I reject really, and what, what I'm really doing in that is I'm rejecting God. Yeah. I'm rejecting this. I, I look at the one who made me, the creator who made me, yep. and what he made me to be, and I rebel against him and say, I don't want to be bound by that. Right. I want to invent myself to be something other than I am. Yeah. And that is this sin of pride, the first of the capital sins, and everything else comes from that because it is a rejection, really, of God's sovereignty in your life. Yep. yep. It's a rejection of God. It's a rejection of your creator. It's saying to your creator, you don't know what you're doing, and I know better. Right. And that's why it's the sin from which all of the others, the other six, flow. We'll get back to the conversation in just a few moments. But first, I'd like to ask for your support in producing and expanding this podcast. It's produced by a 501c3 nonprofit ministry called One Whirling Adventure, with a mission to excite and educate people about historic Catholic Christianity and to equip them to live, share, and defend it in the 21st century. Now, the production budget of this podcast isn't big, but it is real. We've set a goal of 40,000 worldwide downloads in 2023, with a crowdfunding goal of $35,000 to make that happen. Would you help us make that happen? If so, please go to consideringcatholicism.com. You can see our GuideStar charity rating there and donate online with a one-time or recurring gift. And if you have a business or organization interested in sponsoring our ministry, please shoot me an email, greg at consideringcatholicism.com. Thank you for listening and considering helping us to help others consider Catholicism. And now, back to the conversation. Because once you begin to reject God's sovereignty, God's wisdom, God is your creator, and to have the notion that you can't, are no longer bound by what he made you to be, then you, that leads to, well, then I think I can reorder the universe as I wish it to right. be. So when we get into envy and wrath and sloth and everything else and all the way down to lust. Sure. Right. I'll give you a little bit of preview. We'll talk about envy in the next episode, right? Yeah. But envy isn't jealousy, and I'll make the distinction in the next episode why envy and jealousy are two different things, but I'll give uh, our listeners a little tease now. And that is, is that envy is rejecting, in a sense, your place. So when I look at somebody, you know, when you look at it, somebody who can play the guitar better than you right, and has been given gifts beyond yours and you are angry that they have been given gifts greater than yours. Mm -hmm. That's envy. And that is really a rejection of God, who is the giver of gifts and the distributor of gifts. Instead of me feeling joy in the diversity right. of gifts, instead of me being happy with the way God has made the universe, it's me rejecting him yep. and rejecting his wisdom and rejecting him as creator. So that's where pride comes from. Now, there's a Greek word, and the Greek word is interesting here because... Of course, you know, the Bible, uh, the New Testament being written in Greek, uh, the Greek word for this is interesting. It's hubris. And you may have oh. heard the term hubris sure. used. 
Yep. And there's a history of that because in classical Greek literature prior to the Bible, in the classical Greek dramas, you know, Iliad, the Odyssey, and all the various you know plays and dramas of the classical Greeks, there had this notion of hubris as always the tragic flaw of the character. Yeah. So if you ever take a class in literature or whatever, ancient Greek literature, you'll know that there's a pattern to this. There's always a character, a hero, a protagonist. Yep. And he has a fatal flaw and his fatal flaw is hubris, which is always pride. His mm -hmm. rejection yeah. of the creator. It's mm -hmm. a rejection of the creation and the rejection in a sense of, of himself or herself in that. And his or her station within the order sure. of being. And that hubris always leads to a crash and a fall. Right. Okay. So it's interesting. C.S. Lewis, who we talk about a lot here because he just had such a great way of explaining all this. He, he called pride the anti-God. Mm. It is the anti-God in me that rejects God. I always kind of thought that was great. Yeah, and the book, of, the book of Proverbs um, sort of unpacks it. The book of Proverbs says, you know, you've heard this quote, right? Pride goes before destruction. Yeah. Right? Pride goes before the fall. The haughty spirit before a, before a fall. It's not Proverbs 16, 18. I heard that one from my mom a lot. Yeah. Right? But it says it's the one vice. What Proverbs, the book of Proverbs is saying is it's the one vice that precedes the others. Sure. Right? So because when pride takes root, because we reject God, then all of the other vices, all of the other sins, everything else falls from that initial rejection of God. Just like Satan rejected God, yep. Adam and Eve rejected God. When we reject God and we reject him as our creator, then it unleashes, it opens the Pandora's box. Sure. All the dominoes begin to fall from there. I've heard it described as the gateway sin, right? So just like, right. you know, you... Uh, you think of uh, like a gateway drug or whatever. Right. It's the one that gets you right. into all the others. Right. It gets you hooked. And from there it goes. Now, because we're kind of working off Thomas Aquinas's explication of these things, Aquinas said that pride can take on four possible forms. Mm. Okay? So let's think about this. The, the, the first is attributing to ourselves value that we don't really possess okay. or perfections, he said, that we don't really possess. So for example, uh, this is where you can kind of crudely say like, I think I'm a really good singer when I'm right. really not a good singer. Right. You, you used to see this on American Idol all the time where someone says, man, music is my right. thing. Now at some point, these are just maybe somebody, you know, you can, we all can be forgiven a little bit for being maybe a little foolish or thinking that I can sing better than I really do. But really, if you think about what it is, is that if, I, if, I'm, my, if I'm in my right mind yeah. and I believe I have talents or gifts that God hasn't given me, now this isn't to beat people down with right. self-esteem, but there comes a point where you start to say, I reject how God made me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want things that God hasn't given me. And so I'm going to try to seize those things that God hasn't given me. And again, we're all on a journey in life to explore, discover our gifts, discover our talents. Sure. Some of us have been beaten down. We have low self-esteem. We don't try things. We should try things. But, you know, when you do come to this point of I'm going to seize things that God hasn't given me. Yeah. Uh, that, that Aquinas says is, is, is one of the ways pride manifests oh, itself. Interesting. Another one he said is, and this is, I think, real interesting, the next couple. 
is he said, okay, imagine there's something that you have that is a, as he calls it, a perfection or a talent or a skill or a gift, but thinking that you have it because you earned it. So mm-hmm. I look at your musical ability, which right. I have none of, but you could think, you know, the reason why I have such musical talent is I just, I don't know, I just deserve it right. or I earned it <laughs> right. or I taught it, right? And not recognizing that the reason why you have so music, many musical gifts, which you have developed, right. but that the reason you have the gifts in the first place is that you've given them to yourself rather than recognizing the gift from God. Right. Of course, that, and then we obviously have a responsibility to develop and, and sure. cultivate the God's gifts of God. But you know, th- this is, I think, a real important point for a lot of people that works all, sometimes in the, in the negative. Well, I'll jump in here. I've, this, this reminds me of, of those books that uh, my wife will tell me, will turn me on to success bias. Somebody is really good at something and they and it comes easily and quickly to them and they excel at it and they and they make a lot of money and they have a lot of success and they write a book and they say you can do this too and then i buy the book and i can't do that right you know right okay well here's the third one i just kind of got to run through aquinas's things he says okay now maybe there's a gift that you have or skill a perfection he said that you have and you know god gave it to you but you figure that god gave it to you because you deserve it Right. You're just that great a guy. Oh, yeah. In a sense, God owes it to you. Yeah. And again, you see how that's a rejection of God. It's a rejection of him as a creator and a giver of gifts. Mm-hmm. It's a notion that God owes this to me, which is a way of saying I'm putting God in his place. Yeah. And then the fourth one that Aquinas had, Thomas Aquinas had was that you, you have this gift. You know God gave it to you but you're unwilling to share it with anybody else. Mm. It's mine. And do you see that this whole four things that he said, where you say either I, I think I claim things that God hasn't given me, or if I have a gift, I think that it's from my own power. I'm the source of it. Or I think that God gave it to me because I deserve it. Or I take the gift that God gave me and refuse it to share with others. All of those are in a way kind of a rejection of God who gives gifts, expects us to cultivate them and then share them out of, with charity and love with others for the greater good and Mm -hmm. the common good uh, to his glory. And, but in so many ways, pride becomes the thing that keeps us from doing that. And it is that thing that elevates us. So now let's talk about the antidote, right? Because I think sometimes when you look at something, you can understand it better when you look at its opposite because the opposite showed a shine's contrast. So, right, remember what Aquinas said was the antidote. And by the way, if you didn't listen to the last episode, we talked about Thomas Aquinas's list here. And he says these capital sins like pride Mm -hmm. can be thought of as like toxins or poisons for which there is an antidote. Sure. Or the other example we gave was you could have in your house like a room full of, you know, clutter and toxic mess and you clean it out and fill it with good things. Or you have a garden that has weeds in it and you pull them out and you plant, you know, fruits. So the idea is the way that you overcome the bad stuff, the capital sins, is by in a sense leaning into and cultivating and replacing them 
with the positive virtues. Mm-hmm. And he says that the antidote, the, uh, the corresponding positive virtue to pride is humility. Mm-hmm. So think about that. Humility is not, oh my gosh, I'm just, you know, a terrible person <laughs> and I'm not good at anything. And I guess I'm just, you know, right. no, humility is accepting and understanding who you are before God and others. That's what humility is. You know, one of the things I think is misunderstanding about humility is that you always think you're terrible at everything. Of course not. I mean, it would be ridiculous for you to say, I'm not good at playing the piano. Right. I'm not good at playing the guitar because you're an amazing guitarist. You're an amazing pianist, right? So for you not just to simply recognize that God has given you these gifts and that through your life, you have cultivated them and that you now possess these wonderful gifts what you share right. to the glory of God and out of love for others, right? Yep. So thinking that you're not a good piano player when you really are isn't humble. It's just right. like lame, right? It's dumb, right. It's lame. okay? It, it actually is a kind of rejection of, of recognizing what God has given, right. the value of what God has given. That's not humility. Right. But humility is understanding that as good of a surf guitarist as you are, as good of a pianist as you are, humility is recognizing, number one, you're not the best. Because to recognize you where you really are in that. Right. You know, in the hierarchy of guitarists or the hierarchy of musicians, you're neither at the top nor the bottom. Somewhere in the middle or wherever, right. upper right. half or whatever. I yeah, I don't know. You know. Wherever you stand in the hierarchy of, of those, right. those things. But to be, to understand your place realistically and then to understand that your ability to play the guitar and the piano comes because God chose to give you a musical gift, which he certainly didn't give me. Right. And that throughout your life, he has given you opportunities and resources, which you have in honesty worked hard to cultivate. Right. And that you now possess the ability to play the guitar and the piano very well. And that God wants you to use these gifts. Sure. To benefit the world and other people around you and everything else. That's proper humility to understand that, to accept. Right. Your place within God's order of creation. Mm-hmm. That's humility. So when you look at these two things, pride as the toxin or the poison, and humility as the antidote or the positive thing that replaces it, you say, How can I cultivate humility in my life? How do I dwell in that space? How do I fill my mind and my heart and my spirit? with that humility, that proper understanding, that wisdom about where I sit within, you know, God's creation and reject all of these false ideas, right? these rebellious false ideas to, to reject God's mm-hmm. plan and order. And then from both of those spring actions. Right. Right? And we talked about that in the last episode yep. where we said all of these things, really, these, these capital sins or these virtues, corresponding virtues, are in a sense the roots or the springs from which then come actions. So if you, we gave the example a moment ago, when Adam and Eve, when pride took root in their heart, the action was what? To reach out 
and eat the fruit right. to break right. God's law. And in the same way, we may say, if pride has taken root in my heart, it will come, it will manifest itself in actions towards others, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Yeah. And actions towards God. I, I, if a, a prideful person will not share their gifts with others, a prideful person will, um, you know, uh, go on and on about what they deserve, right? Right. Uh, a prideful person will uh, maybe go on a bit too much about how hard they worked to earn all sure. of this and how much they deserve it, right? right? And, 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 and that's not just talking. It will then manifest, manifest itself in actions that spring from that towards other people, right. pushing them away, demeaning them. Right? right, taking from them, right. whereas the humble person, right, with that cult, has cultivated humility in their life, will reach out to others and do things like what is the as a musician, you know, part of the the humble person would, as a musician, humility might manifest itself in your life in various ways, like helping young pianists or guitarists to right. become better. Right, share your knowledge. Right, share your expertise. Share the gifts that God has given to cultivate those skills and others. Share by playing and how they us all enjoy what you do. Yep. Right? Uh, And also giving accolades or credit to those who are better than you. Sure. And recognizing their gifts where you say, wow, you know, I just really look up to so-and-so because, right? So you can see where all this goes, right? And if you look at this, you can see these two things sort of at war within us. Right. The capital sin from which everything springs and then the capital virtue and as aquinas says we need to lean into the one and not the other right producing good fruit it's it's easy to see that that it would be easy to see in my own life the i could i pretty easily identify the fruits of pride and the fruits of humility you know you know i'm just gonna say one last thing about pride here because like we'll just talk we'll talk about you with your music, but like take this podcast, for example. Right. You know, I, I, I'm sometimes very conflicted about doing this podcast. Right. Uh, I'm not sure that it's something that we should be doing or I should be doing. And I've really struggled with it because, you know, I I did spend I, God did give me gifts um to study and to teach and right. these subjects and fields and i did he gave me resources and experiences and mentors and education and i cultivated those for a long long time many decades when i entered the catholic church i assumed i would do no more teaching or preaching or anything else because uh, i felt called to catholicism and i was going to be a lay person in the catholic church and my days of preaching and teaching were over and since then, God has given me opportunities and people around me have said they, they find what I'm doing of value. But I look at myself and I go, I, I want to be careful because I don't want to portray myself as something I'm not. I don't want to demand attention. Right. I don't want to give in to the, right? I don't want to reject my place in the church as a faithful lay person. Right. I right. don't want to elevate myself over our godly priests and bishops and the Holy Father. I don't want to do any, right? I mean, right. you know, and so the question is, well, is there something that I can contribute and is doing this, this Considering Catholicism podcast, a useful right. contribution based on the gifts that I recognize God has given and the experiences right. that, that he's given me? 
is this helpful to people? Right. And really, we've, you know, just passed 100 episodes in the first year of this recently. Um, we're now into, I think, month 13 or 14, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and, and it's been growing. And one of the questions is, how do we cultivate the resources to make this happen? And, uh, you know, uh, because there's a production budget to all of this. And, sure. And time and effort that people put into helping to make this podcast a reality. And I feel very conflicted. Like, is this something that I should be asking people to support, you know, right. and help yep. with financially? Or is that prideful or are we asking too much? So, you know, I think we wrestle with all these things in very practical ways. I know I wrestle and I, I think at this point, I believe that this is podcast I hear, I think it's helpful. I hear back from people that they're finding this helpful and that it's, and I, and I hope that it is. And I find it helpful. It's wonderful to yeah, me. Yeah. And I hope it's contributing something to positive. And, um, and, and uh, I hope that, you know, people will financially support it and help us to continue doing it. And, uh, but I, I want to do it from a place of humility, not a place of pride. We have a mutual friend. I was just having breakfast with him and he said that the last six months he, he found the podcast, been listening, you know, and we, we talk about it a lot. Um, he said it, it seemed the last six months he has, he, thought more about his his spiritual life and his connection to God and all those weighty weightier things um uh, more than he did in his entire life in the yeah. last 6 months it's, uh, it's a valuable thing it's yeah. great yeah and so again yeah i mean we want to do everything that we do out of a spirit of humility and a spirit of pride so all right thanks ed thank you for listening my name is greg smith And if you've enjoyed this podcast, would you please hit the like and subscribe buttons wherever you get your podcasts? And please share it with others. And if you're curious about the Catholic worldview and faith, the Church and its saints, or Catholic history, culture, and art, then visit consideringcatholicism.com. And email me to let me know what you think. Greg at consideringcatholicism.com.